you're listening to the Die Hard Fantasy Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Yazenbach, Dan DeCenza, and Cliff Gill. Welcome in, Die Hard Podcast listeners. I, my name is Matt. I'm here with Cliff Gill, Dan DeCenza, Tank Top Charlie is back in the building, looking fresh as ever. Today, guys, we're going to be going over news of the day, random thought of the day, the receivers 13 through 24 in our consensus. If you're if you're new here today, welcome in. Thank you for joining us. Just put up a new Twitter account at Die Hard Podcast. No space in between there. And we need like 15 more followers giving away $50 randomly to someone who's just, just following. So if you're here on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, what else are we on? I mean, everything. iHeartRadio. Just, just yeah. the big listeners. Um, hit that subscribe, share, review, and yeah. How you guys feeling today? I'm feeling good. I actually stepped it up to a Red Bull and vodka tonight. I don't have work tomorrow. Uh-oh, that might get dangerous. <laughs> sorry for all the morning people listening to this, but hey, it's nighttime. I'm sorry to get your mouths watering, but I'm going to be drinking a little bit. I feel good. I want to help people out with some fantasy. I'm ready to go. Two days in a row, no tank top for Charlie. Yeah, Charlie, what's going on? You trying to break that nickname? I'm just, I'm just, you know, I haven't been to the gym right now. I'm feeling a little flat, so I got to get to the gym. Yeah. I, I, I can only use it when I'm pumped. Okay, I got when the veins are pumping that's a little right, bit. That's I right. got you. Well, guys, it's August the 25th. Uh, we have some news today to discuss, and it's it's not the best of news. I'm kind of go down the list. If you guys have any uh, comments on it, don't don't be afraid to throw them out there. Uh, but Daryl Henderson injured his thumb. I, I saw he was on track to play week one, though. So good news. Once again, I mentioned it in another episode. But uh, if you're in a kind of deeper league, deeper dynasty league, Xavier Jones and Jake Funk are not bad pickups if they're still on the waiver wire. Yeah, Matt, I did read today, too, the, just recently, I think it came up, uh, he was in a non-contact jersey today, so at least he was out there on the field, and I, I'm assuming he'll be okay. That's that's what I'm hearing. I'm pretty sure he's going to be ready for week one. All right, so don't be scared to draft him. Don't be scared. That's what I'm hearing. Yep. Cool. Uh, hey, some, some good news. Josh Rosen signed with the Cardinals. Wow, I didn't even know he was still around. <laughs> no, I did. I know he got cut. Um yeah, I mean, is he going to resurrect his career? Hell no. <laughs> was it the Cardinals or was it Atlanta? Oh, was it Atlanta? I think it was okay, Atlanta. Okay, Atlanta. My apologies, listeners. I think it was Atlanta. You're right. I mean, he's only on his fifth team in four years, so maybe fifth time's a charm. We'll yeah. see. Uh, Do you remember when he said he was the best quarterback of that draft class? Yeah, he was the worst in yeah, that draft I, class. I bet he wishes Yikes. he didn't say that. Um, yeah, Travis Etienne is this out is a big one. for the season. Mm. So, sorry, uh, Travis Etienne, uh, get better well or get better soon. Um, but what does this do for James Robinson? Huge bump, I think. I mean, I, I to be honest, I liked Robinson to begin with. I like it even more now. Um, it is sad about Etienne. I, I hate seeing that, especially from a promising young player. But, you know, what? at least he's young. He should be able to bounce back from it. Yeah, I, I was going to use James Robinson as a little sleeper pick. I didn't think he was going to be affected too much at all um, in the run game. But now his ATV is going up. I'm not too happy about it. But for ETN's uh, part, 
What um? What's the favorite favorite? Oh my gosh! Uh, the saying "When it rains." Is that vodka it, kicking in already? Uh, already, <laughs> but Luke Combs says it better than me. But when it rains, it pours. So hopefully the injury is not you know a reoccurring thing. Hopefully next year it doesn't happen again. But we'll see. Yeah, I think uh, what it's really going to help is Robinson will probably be in on third downs now. The other back is Carlos Hyde. He'll he'll probably would have been splitting some carries anyway if what's coming out of the camp is going to come to fruition. But, um, yeah, I see him getting a lot of balls now, maybe that he wouldn't have gotten, obviously, in the passing game. So I definitely will see him moving up in the ADPs. All right, uh, a couple more things. Adam, Adam Troutman, tight end for the Saints, was carted to the locker room. Appears to be okay, ready for week one, but I know he's doing another MRI to make sure. So we will have more news um, when that gets updated. A.J. Brown, expected to be ready for week one. Just saw that come out. So Great news for people who haven't been dynasty like me. That's awesome. Or if you've drafted already in your redraft league and you, and you got them, yep. good news. Uh, Jameis Winster, Winston, the starter? Uh, he looked really I, good. Ian Rappaport yeah. came out and said he at like just out of camp. He just looks like the leader and the the starter coming out. So that's yeah. a good source. I was right I was impressed yeah. impressed with him last night. Um, two more things, guys. Uh, Carson Wentz is practicing and Quentin Nelson is practicing. Good for Jonathan Taylor owners. Might bump them up in your your standings alone as well. Also, Matt Kelly, the center, is also back. He was listed as maybe out till week three when the injury happened. Uh, I believe he's back at practice also. That's even better news for him. Um, Lastly, and I was just talking with Dan about this, but Lions head coach Dan Campbell says he thinks Swift is not in game shape and he could reduce his his workload. Mm, Wow. Very surprising. Yikes is right. Yeah. So... I mean, it's a little, you know, you never know. It, it might just be some it, it BS could, it could be, out there, Yeah, it could be coach speak to try to get him motivated. could be, but, nah, there's probably a little bit of truth to it. It scares me a little. Yeah, definitely. You guys saw anything else, anything in preseason, any other news that I did not go over at all? You I killed it, he, bro. I think he touched on everything pretty much. So. All right. Well, guys, I, and I, I honestly love this segment. That random thought of the day, I always learn something new from you guys, and we, we all never hear it from each other before. Um, before we actually say it on on our podcast, so I'm excited to learn something new. Charlie, go ahead and kick us off. You're smiling. You look like you got something good over there. Well, I mean, I just we can kind of bounce off the injury thing with my thought of the day because I I would just say be careful about the hype train. First of all, injuries which you which you can't help. But uh, last year I kind of got on the hype train with uh, Alaire. Uh, I, I believe I took him either 6th or 7th overall. Uh, was a lot of good reports coming out of camp. But, you know, some of these guys, they take a little longer to um, develop. And I found out later in the year from just, you know, reading the papers and doing research and everything, Andy Reid had said one of the reasons why he was coming out on third down was because of pass protection. And he's working on that this year. So sometimes the hype train and how good they are in college and, uh, you know, you really can't predict that so just be careful when you're on a hype train or or especially with the rookies and like we just mentioned before sometimes the coach speak you have to really you know take with a grain of salt like anytime Pete Carroll says anything all his players are coming back the next day you know even if they broke their leg I'm I'm, I'm kidding though (laughs) but yeah you know so so that's that's my thought of the day all right all right I guess I'll go next so you know since we've been doing our wide receiver rankings you know I've been uh 
looking through uh, past rankings from year to year, and you know, I was looking for uh, some trends, try to find some trends here, and I think I found a pretty interesting one. So what I found is what players who ascend to a wide receiver one status, and they were not wide, they were either wide receiver two or worse the year before. So wide receiver one is in like one through twelve. One through twelve. Okay. okay. So they ascend to that that status over the last six seasons this is how many have went from either a wide receiver two or worse to a wide receiver one 2015 eight 2016 five 2017 seven 2018 five 2019 seven and last year eight that's a 6.5 average so we'll call it six which means every year on average half of the top the players that finish in the top 12 were not in the top 12 the year before. Mm. The rankings are very volatile. This is why you can't base your draft off of just straight rankings. And I don't want to really, I, I'm trying to move along fast here. I don't really want to get into all the years and everything. But the same thing for players who are not wide receiver twos and they ascend to wide receiver two. Exact same number, six every year since 2015 on average six. So if you want to look at the players that uh, the eight players this year that ascended, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, they were not top in 2019 because of injury. I think we all assumed that they would be last year, so we'll throw them out. So the other six, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Tyler Lockett, and Adam Thielen. History tells us that half of those players will not be top 12 this year oh so like wide receivers that finished in the top 12 last year half of them won't this year exactly oh, okay i like that mine's going to be my thought of the day is going to be kind of statistics as well uh when we went through the mock draft a couple days ago uh we me matt and dan all preached heavy on how why to go or why we are going running back heavy we we all said yeah we want to stack up on running backs well i'm going to kind of break it down and give you the stats why you know a lot of people should or do go running back heavy so the i'll be saying the qb1 versus the qb7 the point differential um between those two allen being one of course every uh fantasy league has different scoring but allen was one in ours and brady was number seven in ours there was a 59 point differential um in those for the one through seven running backs, Kamara being one and James Robinson being seven, there was 110 points difference. And then not to mention uh, Kamara being one and Taylor being number five, there were still 100 points difference. So, though, you know, those top guys in your running backs are super, super uh, important. They, they score a lot more than those seven, eight, nine, ten rank running backs. And then same with wide receivers, one through seven, Adams being one, Jefferson being seven. It was only a 69-point difference. And then, so, you see that. There's a big drop-off in your top running back first year, seven, eight, nine guys. So you want to make it, in that first round, you want to make it crucial to try snagging that, uh, you know, one of those top guys as a running back. And like we said, it could be the number 12-ranked running back, number 13. You never know. And then, same, I'll top that off with the tight end is important, too. Kelsey being number one, Tanyan being number three. 
Number three, not number seven, number three, 114 points difference. Um, Waller, of course, was 30 behind Kelsey. Um, I, I expect Kittle to be in that top three, so those three guys. But after that, there's a huge drop-off. So you want to try getting a top running back and a top, top tight end, and that will be a great base for your rest of your season. I like that. Well, one thing I got out of that was, though, if, I mean, if you don't go, if you don't go tight end, like early, then you might as well w- wait. Yes, yeah. Um, be- I, because there, those later guys are all going to be around the same. Oh, so if you don't get those up. top three, yeah, and kind of the same for QB. I mean, you're not yes. losing a lot. Yes, uh, those what ranks four through twelve are super bunched up compared to those top, you mm-hmm. know, three or four guys. I like that take. Well, I'll, I'll finish it off. My goal here is to per- persuade the fantasy community to not draft Miko Hardman and do not consider him a breakout candidate. He's played 32 games in his career with Patrick Mahomes. He has one top 12 finish out of 32. In the in also in these 32 games, he's had one game with more than four receptions. One. Wow. The wow. wide receiver two finish for the Chiefs. So, we're not going to count Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, just the second receiver. For the, the last four years with Patrick Mahomes, these are their finishes. 58, 62, 51, and 59. This is what I see happening. I think we're going to see Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey as usual, and then the other receivers are going to have a game here and there. Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hardman, Pringle, whoever else they have. So, don't don't try to – you're going to get a game here and there, but don't draft him thinking you're going to get a full season. So even though they're the best offense in the league and right. you would imagine that the number two wide receiver would be plenty good the past four years show the exact opposite. Yeah, it's because of Travis it's Kelsey. That's tricky. Yeah, that's tricky. Good, good stat. I like that. Thank you. So don't draft him, and you can thank me later. Anyone have anything else on anything, or we can jump into the consensus rankings? I'm I'm excited again, guys. I – I like the debate we had yesterday on a couple of different guys. I'm kind of excited to see your thoughts on other people as well. But we'll go ahead and move into the receivers, starting at number 13, Allen Robinson. I have him the highest at 8, Charlie at 11, Dan at 13, and Cliff at number 14. Um, he, he's had 150 or more targets in back-to-back seasons. I, I, I only see a greater upside with Justin Fields in play rather than Andy Dalton. Uh, he's returned t- a top 12 b- value back-to-back years. I-, I think he's one of the more safer um, safer volume players. And th- let's be real, Andy Dalton is probably the best quarterback, if he does start, he's probably the best quarterback that he's ever played with. Ever. Yo, and that's yeah. sad to say. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so I have him here, 102 receptions for 1,250 yards, six touchdowns. He finishes wide receiver 11 and half PPRs. Um, he started 15 games th- each of the last two seasons, so he's durable. Uh, he's ranked third in targets last year. That was a surprise to me, and he's had two back-to-back 150 target seasons. The only downside I really see, and this is what, uh, Matt touched on a little bit was the touchdowns. He only had six last year. 
I believe, seven the year before that. So with an ADP of 34 and the new quarterback, like Matt mentioned, um, Dalton's better than anybody they played, maybe more upside with field. So I really like this ADP late third round. You're getting consistency, and you're getting somebody that's durable, that doesn't uh, miss games. And, you know, he's played with Blake Bortles, Gabbert, Foles, and Trubisky. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of upside there. That's throw up right there. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You guys are talking about that Andy Dalton is his best quarterback, and I don't know. Maybe you're talking about the Andy Dalton from you know his his early Bengal days, but he played in 11 games for Dallas last year and only threw 14 touchdowns, and that's with much better weapons than he's got to have in Chicago. I, I I don't I don't like Andy Dalton as a quarterback. I'm not saying you guys do. I don't even know how much of an upgrade it's going to be. It's actually pretty amazing what Robinson has done um, with these bad quarterbacks. Last year, uh, wide receiver 12 and wide receiver 11 in the last two years. So to me, you know, that's pretty impressive. I expect, you know, pretty much similar numbers. Um, The offense, he would be even better on a good offense. So I have him down, I have him as, you know, a high-end wide receiver too um, because I don't like his situation. You know, we've said that in the past about players. Um, I do think he's good value in the fourth round, you know, especially if you've already got your two starting running backs or maybe three starting running backs, and then you're going to pick him as your wide receiver one. I'm okay with that. I'd rather have him as a wide receiver two. But if, if, I, if I go wide, running back heavy, I'm good with him as a wide receiver one. Yep, I agree. And definitely if Justin Fields, you know, gets that spot sooner than later, then I think he does bop, uh, bump up to that low tier number one. He's already at the high tier, um, wide receiver number two. But like when you watch the Bears, you you kind of see that they have a slow paced offense. So mm-hmm. and you wouldn't think you know he's getting all those targets. Charlie said it's surprising, um, but in four games last year he had nine or more catches. And I, when I was doing these rankings, that, that was one thing I was kind of paying attention to. A lot of those guys didn't even have four games with nine-plus catches. So you, mm-hmm. you know he's getting the target. So don't let his volume, the slow pace, run-heavy offense scare you. He's going to get it. So yeah. I, I like his floor, and I think he has a high ceiling if Fields does play because the pace will pick up. Yeah, I, I don't hate him as the number one receiver either. Very happy with him as my wide receiver number two. Um, but we'll go ahead and go on to number 14, Amari Cooper. Uh, Dan is the highest at 12. I have him at 14, and Cliff and Charlie have him at the 15th spot. Um, just just like C.D. Lamb last year, um, Amari was a baller too with Dak Prescott. Um, through those six weeks, he was the wide receiver number seven. Uh, and going back to just when he's played with Dak by his side, he's averaged almost nine targets a game and 80 receiving yards. So I think I think Amari and CD both have top ten potential. I think this could be a team where both those guys finish as a wide receiver one. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, he he was a wide receiver fifteen last year, and that was with terrible quarterback play, terrible O line play. Um, if you look at what he did with Nat, uh, Dak, you already kind of touched on it, Matt. 13, 14, 13, 28 were his points. That's pretty steady yeah. with a big boom game in there. I really like that. He is, like you kind of like you said, he's my second Cowboy that I had ranked in the top 12. Normally I won't do that. But there, as long as Dak's there, the passing volume is going to be sky high. I might not uh, be quite high enough to feed them both. But, you know, with a 43 ADP, that's the fourth round. I'll take that all day. Oh, yeah. That's a steal, I think. Yeah, and 
when he got traded to Dallas, uh, you know, the late part of two years ago, he instantly became Dak's favorite uh, target. I, I think you'll see, and we didn't get to see much of it last year, but I think starting the season out, I still think he's going to be Dak's favorite target. So, you know, when comparing him to CD and Cooper and their ADP, I like Cooper's ADP, and I, I end up, or I see myself ending up with a Cooper on my team versus a CD Lamb just because the spot where he's at in the draft. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver two or better in 20 of his 41 games with the Cowboys, just a little bit under 50%. So you definitely know he's going to give you wide wide receiver two numbers. Uh, I like him where he's going. I think if you can get him in the, in the fourth round, that's a steal. I don't know if somebody will reach up and try to get him earlier. But that um, wide receiver two or better that I mentioned in 20, uh, 20 of the 41 games that he's played with the Cowboys, that's the same exact number as Stephon Diggs' career number as being a wide receiver, too, and that was when he was with Minnesota, too. So there's consistency there with a lot of upside. All right, cool. I like it. I like the take on Amari. So right, just a question before we move on. If Say you have, you know, you're in the third round. you got two pretty good running backs. Just say back of the third round, C.D. Lamb's there and Cooper's there. And say you take C.D. Lamb and then Cooper falls to you. Would you take two on the same team? I would not. Not that, but not not as my wide receiver one and two. Um, you know, I would I, if I can get maybe a gallop in the very late of the draft and he's my wide receiver four. Yeah, I don't care about that. But as a wide receiver one and two, no. I'm with Dan on that. I would probably say no, but I could see your thinking of being maybe if you felt your team was deep enough. Now, I know this is early in the draft, so you're not going to really have a good – unless you have a really good feeling about your team. I guess the point I'm trying to make here is I could see somebody doing that, maybe using them as a flex throughout the year. Yeah. All right, I'm just wondering, and I'm just – maybe people out there are wondering if they should do the same or it's just stupid. So they, they need to know the look on it. But we'll go ahead and move on to our 15th pick, Robert Woods. Cliff the highest at 12, Charlie 13, Dan 14, I'm at 20. Yikes. I, I didn't even want to say that. I, I don't know how I'll have him down at 20. Who but. is the highest, Matt? Who had him the highest? Clifford Gill. Yep. Start us off, Cliff. Yeah, this is um, from last episode, if you were tuned in, this is my breakout player of the year. I think he has an extremely high floor. Matthew Stafford's going to be slinging him in Cooper Cup, the, the rock. Um, but anyways, like I said, I think the catches, the yards, the TDs, all of those have high floors. All, all of the above, so go out and get you him. I, as my wide receiver one, that's my bottom tier, but man, am I feeling good if I end up with him on my wide receiver two list. Yeah, I mean, he's finished as wide receiver 10, wide receiver 17, wide receiver 13 the past three years, and that was with Goff. Of course, now we know Stafford's there. I'm just wondering if he's going to be able to set career marks with Stafford. I know Cliff thinks so. Um, the one the one downfall, I would say, and, and, and maybe you could put this because they ran a lot last year, and uh, six touchdowns, you'd like to see a little bit more. So if, if you feel like Stafford can do that, Stafford will push the ball way down the field more mm -hmm. than Goff would. Um, and I know that used to upset the coaching staff, so that was one of the reasons why I heard that they got rid of him. Um, you know, the 10th lowest mark among wide receivers um, it, with an ADP of 42, I, I think it's with the upside with Stafford. I, I agree. I think right there as a, as a borderline, maybe a top eight 
yeah. somewhere in there, but definitely getting a wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one. So if you can get him in you know, the beginning of the fourth round, that's, that's a good place. All right, and I don't have him ranked this low because I'm disrespecting him. Like Charlie said, he finished the top 17. I think he feels a little disrespected. I I have guys in front of him that I think are better. Um, But I I see where you guys are saying, though, and after seeing this, I probably have him too low. But, I mean, he's finished in the top 17 the past three years and has an upgrade at quarterback now. Um, So I, I don't see him going much lower than 17, if anything. And... Yeah, I mean, he and Charlie, he he's never been the touchdown guy. He's more been inside the twenty guy or twenty to twenty. Cup's usually been the touchdown guy, but yeah, I mean, if his touchdowns can bump up, I, I, he's a very safe wide receiver too, and I'm happy to have him as my second one, just not my first one. Well, I'm gonna jump in real quick here too because that kind of what Matt said there, his seven point one yards per reception last year with Goff was the tenth lowest in the league so you know yeah. it's it's if Stafford can push the ball down the field like we said there's going to be some upside there okay yeah no, man I know he's giving you a hard time but you know going back to my thought of the day six six players are going to fall out of the 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 top uh <laughs> the wide receiver two area yeah I mean I you know it's possible it's 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 him I don't think it is I don't either uh, but I'll give it to you that it's I guess it's possible because half of the players will um, he's he's never he's only finished in the top twelve once, and that was in two thousand and eight. But he's always been flirting with it. He's always right. He's always a high end wide receiver too. So that's a nice steady four. You know you're going to get. Like you guys said, I mean I don't have that much more to to offer here because you guys pretty much said everything. Can I- Stafford in control. You know, uh, like there's he just has potential, and his his ADP is very similar to Cooper at forty two. I love I love that there. I love him there. Did you say in 2008? I said 2018, yeah. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clear, he's been playing for He's been playing for a little bit, huh? Do you agree with Charlie? With the he could be a top eight very easily. Uh, with Stafford, I I don't know if I put him as high as eight, but I can definitely see him maybe getting up to like ten, maybe. I mean, I want, if he got to eight, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, I, I think it's possible. And I, I wouldn't really, bet on it. I really think if he does end up as eight or ten, what whatever range, that means he's getting fifteen a game because you know he's not going to break out for that thirty-five. So that means he's getting you a constant yeah, steady nice steady floor yeah. I, I think the only thing he would have to improve on to move up there is scoring more touchdowns that's, yeah, that's right his thing. right so i mean he could like like you guys said stafford who knows and, and, i'm excited for this offense, and don't yeah so. i was i was checking out his stats say he actually gets quite a few rushes on the year yeah. he, he they they give him a lot of carries yeah. i kind of like that yeah mm-hmm. and i also would wonder if the philosophy is going to change a little bit don't for, i i think i'm not a big jared golf fan so i i think they ran the ball who more is? because he yeah. couldn't he could not push the ball down the field. So, um, you know, could he have been capped a little bit too Maybe. with this coaching staff? Now that they have Stafford, I, I could see them really opening it up. Yeah, their, I, their whole offensive scheme, yeah, that's a good point. I, I see their scheme changing, them trying to get the ball down the field more. So, yeah, I mean, it could open up for Woods and Cup. Both well, I, I want to ask Matt this because he actually had acres in our dynasty league and uh, he lost them. And McVay actually did say, you know, back in OTAs that they played planned on running the ball they plan on running acres do you think they're still going to do that now that acres went down or you think they go more pass heavy Uh, yeah and i thought about that when he went down and i think both of the receivers bump up i don't yeah i don't think they try to run the ball as much i think henderson's still a a manageable running back to have like you're not going to be mad with him but 
I don't. You think don't look at him like a workhorse, right? Yeah, yeah. like Akers would have been. I don't yeah. think McVay's going into the season saying, "Yes, we're going to run the rock with, with Henderson." Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I think we see more of a balanced offense, but I, I see them being up in games more than down. So I can see them running the ball out more just with their defense and stuff. So, so that's why I was just about to touch on. Yeah. yeah, the defense might hurt them a little bit, but I I still love the upside with Stafford. Yeah. All right. Cool. We got some good takes on Woods. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our 16th pick, Tyler Lockett. Me and Dan have him the highest at 15, um, Charlie at number 17, and Cliff at number 19. Okay, yeah, and the reason I have him at 19 is because, yes, last year he did finish as the number 9 wide receiver. But if I went to dig in, he had a 35-point game and a 48-point game in our league. That, that that boosts the rank quite a bit. Just say if he had a 15 and a 15 he he'd probably going he's probably going down to like the 16 or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So don't don't let that fool you, but I think he is undervalued this year. He's like a Deontay Johnson, he finds a way to get open and he tends to be um, Russell Wilson's number one read. So like every plays, you know, Russell's trying to find him open and so if he's getting open, he's going to get those targets. Well, I'll go next because I can piggyback right off of Cliff here with one of the stats that I have. Something to think about, 48.7% of his production last year came from three games. Wow. 50% of his production almost. Wow. I, pl- I played against Lockett in his 48-point game, by the way. <laughs> Bad luck with the schedule, kid. <laughs> just with that being said, just be aware that if you take him, you might want to think about him as a flex. I'm not going to take him too early. Um, you know, as far as the good part about it is... The only other wide receiver besides Devontae Adams with 100-plus catches, 1,000-plus yards, and 10-plus TDs in 2020. Wow. So you wonder how he got it. Those are pretty much all in three or four games that he got a lot of that. So um, could you use him in a flex when you think he's going against the bad secondary? Yeah. He he still could have a great year, though. I still, still think he's a great player. Um, he's an attractive pick in the middle of the fifth, maybe late sixth. His ADP is 52, so if somebody sees value there, uh, I'll have to see who's around at that point. Yeah, I think you guys stole my notes because yeah. you, know, you had a lot of the same points I have. If you look at his numbers from last year, 132 targets, 100 receptions, uh, over 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns, that looks great when you look at those numbers at the end of the year. But if you dig into them... 11 bus games, 11 under 10 points. Oof. He did have the three boom games, you know. He he only had two games over 100 yards receiving through the whole year. It's pretty amazing he ended up at the number eight or nine, whatever he was. You know, he had that 200-point game against um, Arizona in week seven. It was just a monster game. Um, I, I do th- I do think he still has some upside. I mean, is that all going to happen again? I, I, I do think he has upside. Um, I love him more as a wide receiver three. I've seen him fall to the sixth round um, in some mock drafts. Yeah, um, I like him there, especially as a flex wide receiver three. Well, I guess I'll get the, the shindigs of it. But, yeah, I mean, last year, 132 targets, like you said, Dan, that was the most of his career ever. Um, I mean, he got he got paid big money um, by Seattle either this year. I think it was this year. Um, so they're going to get him the ball. I, I think in the fifth round, personally, I think it's a steal of a pick just to have that upside that he can score 30 points when you need it. 
Um, but yeah, in this range, he's more he's more of a high risk, high reward player. He's not one of the safe players in this range. So again, depends what kind of fantasy owner you want to be. If you think you have a very safe wide receiver one, and you want to, you know, try to get a more risky wide receiver two that can drop thirty or forty a game. Um, but I can see them running the ball, giving DK more targets. So I, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle with them. I think. Yeah, top 15 wide receiver in three straight seasons. But then when you look at all this, you you know, he's going to frustrate you. You're disappointed. During the week. I mean, his net outcome and his net totals are awesome, but you you, you see how he gets there. Yeah, Yeah, if you you have him as a wide receiver, too, and he gets those 11 bust games, you're going to lose some of those games, probably a lot of those games. You you definitely need more production from that from your wide receiver, too. That's why I said I'd rather have him as a wide receiver three, try to play him as flex on a a good matchup. And, you know, if your wide receiver two or one goes down and then you got to play him, he's not a bad injury fill-in. Yeah. All right, it looks like we're kind of – and unlock it, but yeah, I mean, you're definitely. Last year, you were definitely disappointed until you started one of one of those three games. Um, but we'll go ahead and move on to Julio Jones. We're kind of even here, guys. Charlie at 16, uh, Cliff and Dan at 17, and I am at number 18. Um, I, I believe there will be targets to go around due to uh, Jonu Smith and Corey Davis leaving, but I, I don't think it's going to be nearly as many that he saw in Atlanta. Uh, more run-heavy team, being up in games more. Uh, I think he'll have to be more efficient than ever in his career. Yeah, I, I think he still has some injury risk. Um, I, obviously, he's on the downside of his career. I still think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be a red zone target there. Um, I think his floor is going to be good. Will he ever get back to the you know five top ten finishes in, in 2019 he had or the, the eight in 2018? I don't see it. Um, I, I I like them, you know. Uh, I'm I'm kind of staying away from them. To be honest with you. His ADP is 41, and there's just too many players in that range that I like better. Um, so I don't hate them. I'm not gonna tell anyone that they're wrong for drafting them or anything. I I I don't. I think there's a lot of hype around them, and I think we're gonna find out at the end of the year that Atlanta did the right thing by trading him while his value was still high. Yeah, I I like him here. I think he would be a steal if you get him. I'm going to go on the limb and say that. Um, There's good and there's bad. Uh, The running of Derrick Henry will probably force teams to have to make a decision. Do we load the box to stop the run? Do we double Julio? And I still think he does need to be doubled. That's my opinion. Daniel might not. Um, If they load up, Daniel Hill can go play action, which he was one of the most efficient with. Uh, one of the most efficient quarterbacks last year, as we talked about, Tannehill was. So he delivers the ball in tight windows, and I can really see him getting, you know, the more we talked about it the other day, when I looked at how many targets Corey Davis had last year, he had 92. So if Julio gets a lot of big plays off the play action and they have to do single coverage and he gets 92 targets, might be enough for him to do very well, especially if he's getting a deep ball. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he can't outperform his ADP. He definitely can. Just for me, the risk is a little bit higher than the reward. That, that's all I'm trying to say. And, yeah, and, and he's a solid wide receiver, too, at worst. And Jonu has left the building. He had, a, I think he had at least 60 targets. So uh, I don't see 60. Honestly, I don't see 60 targets going to first year, to be honest, the, the new tight end. I guess the question marks is the main thing around Julio Jones. It's always hard to, you know, um, predict how a 
player is going to be on a new team. So that is question marks. But he falls in that category. Like, we haven't seen him on the field that much. We don't really know what Julio we're going to get. But there's no reason he can't have a similar year to AJ Brown. Like mm-hmm. there's he could have a similar if I'm gonna go crazy, he could end up better than AJ Brown. Who knows? I mean he has the talent. Just of course he has uh, no. <laughs> he has a thousand more question marks around his head than AJ, but I, I don't I don't see why he couldn't have a crazy year with the Titans. Alright, I like the take on it. We'll go ahead and move on to uh, number eighteen. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, Charlie has him the highest at uh, 15. I have him at 18, Dan at 19, and Cliff at number 21. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on him because he kind of reminds me of Tyler Lockett in that, you know, you look at 1,200 yards and, you know, people fall in love with that when you look at his end-of-the-year stats. But, you know, if you dig into those numbers, four touchdowns last year, only 10 touchdowns in three years. Uh, you you got to get better production out of that uh, touchdown production from a, a wide receiver too. I believe he had 118 targets last year, only 66 receptions. That's only a 55% catch rate. You know that that's that's pretty low for an NFL receiver. And you know he does have a different quarterback. I honestly don't know how how good Sam Darnold is. I don't want to judge him too harshly when he played for the worst one of the worst coaches in NFL history. You know, he's only had one top 10 finish in his career in, uh, for a game and only two top 24s. I, I'm, not, I'm not expecting that to go up very much in this offense. I guess we'll see. He, he might, if he put, Matt Rule is saying he might play in the slot a lot, and Darnold did have a good connection with Crowder. Yeah. So that, that's possible. I could see that. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm being cautious with them. So I'll go ahead and go because you said a couple things that I had uh, written down here. Yeah, he had he had tenth he has had the tenth most most catches by a receiver. Wow, before turning twenty four, so the only problem with DJ is his touchdowns. Only ten in three years. That's crazy. So here's even something more crazy. Um, Forty one receivers have two hundred or more catches in their first three years, and DJ Moore ranks fortieth in terms of touchdowns out of that group. Wow. Yeah. So I I see one of two things happening with DJ. Either the playing field will level out and he'll end up the touchdowns will end up coming to him, or we can see a Julio Jones type of player where he just doesn't score. So, yeah. Well, you said that right with Julio. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, I, I hope for DJ Moore. I think he's a very talented receiver, but yeah, he just needs to get. In the he's end also game. one of the guys you kind of don't really like the situation he's yeah. in. So what do you think, Matt? Uh, beginning of the fifth round, uh, where he's going? Uh, I no, I as my wide receiver too. I'm very, I'm happy with him at my wide receiver too. I, yeah. I would have had him ranked twelve. You know, the twelve to fourteen range. The only thing is Sam Darnold. I think it's a downgrade. I know we got to see him on the Jets, but Teddy did just fine. He had two wide receivers over a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Teddy was getting the job done. I don't, I don't see. Sam but Teddy Darnold. wasn't throwing the touchdowns. Teddy had no touchdown <laughs> in his uh in his future, but I mean, and CMC's coming back, so you know he's going to soak up some passes. Yeah. It, it, it's it is a shit situation. Well, you you you're talking about soaking up some uh, catches. Curtis Samuel left. He had the second most touches on the team, so they're going somewhere. I agree with Daniel. You can't really judge Sam Darnold, so. You know, if it's me here, I'm willing to project. And if I feel like I'm taking a chance, if you go back to Dan's 
thought of the day. Sometimes when these receivers are moving around, yeah. dropping, you have to protect. You can't always just look at the stats. That's that's basically the point I got from Daniel Dan's, you know, thought of the day was some of this you need to project yourself. You have to have a little faith in yourself. You have to trust your own eye, and you have to see. He did have to almost 1,200 yards in 15 games. So like Matt said, the only thing that's missing is the touchdowns. I think Darnold is an upgrade. Um, I do think he's an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. I do because Bridgewater does not put the ball down the field. Right. So, uh, And as Dan mentioned, he peppers the slot a lot. So I, I do like the upside with Moore this year. If somebody's willing to gamble on him, and I think his ADP is perfect. And Dan is just raging at the fact that his brother will not stop calling him Daniel. He's shaking his head so across the table. So if you take that prop me. bet of over six, you're well on your way. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on to 19, uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, me and me and Cliff are the smart guys here. I have him at number 19, and then Charlie at 25, and Dan at 26. Not even cracking the top 24. Nope. Okay. So going kind of reverse of what Robert Woods. He's uh he's more of the touchdown dependent kind of player. Um, that that was with golf. So who knows? Maybe we see a switch up with Matt Stafford. Like we said, we really don't know between these two guys and their whole offense. But Cup only had three touchdowns last year. 2019 he had 10. 2018 he had six and eight games. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what the, the offense brings. Cam Akers, going back to what we said earlier, I have this right here. Cam Akers is out for the season. So they're they're probably not going to rely fully on Daryl Henderson. I see him throwing the ball more and giving Matt Stafford just the green light. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying six six wide receivers are going to fall out of the wide re- wide receiver two range. I think he's one of them. Um, I I do love McVay. He is creative. I think he might find ways to get him the ball. I don't know if Cup's going to ever get back to that ten touchdown season. Um, and the the one big thing I see here is that his ADP is only about a half a round after Woods, I would rather, to me that's not enough, I would rather have Woods. I like Woods' upside better. Um, I think he's going to get more touches. Uh, and I'm, I'm, for me, I'd just rather take Woods. That's how, that's how I'm looking at it. Okay. Yeah, I have him low too, and even with Stafford there, but I do think the upside is there definitely to finish better than where I have him. I, I just look at it in the last two seasons as a featured receiver. He did average 93 receptions and 1,000 yards. He did have 10 touchdowns in 2019. He only had three last year. He does have a sturdy floor. Again, if he falls a little deeper, and I don't have Woods on my team already, I, I don't think I would take him here. I'm not as high on him, but he, he can have, with Stafford there, he can have a very good season if somebody's willing to gamble on him. I just see Matthew Stafford coming to town. It's doing nothing but green lights for those wide receivers. I don't see them falling, and if they do fall, it's gonna, it's not gonna be much of any points, you know. So I'm going. I'm with the Rams train in that offense. I'm ready for McVay and Matthew Stafford. I'm getting one of these guys in the draft. I will make it a point to get one of these guys. Yeah, I'm all aboard the hype train with you, bro. Um, but we'll go ahead and move on to number twenty, uh, Deontay Johnson. Me or Cliff and Dan have him at twenty. I have him at twenty-one, and Charlie has him at number twenty-two. Twenty-two. Believe it or not, he had the fifth most targets per game last year. Ben Roethlisberger loves this guy. He comes out of the slot. He gets open. Um, ben wasn't pushing the ball down the field last year, so this worked well 
for Johnson. They're talking about Roethlisberger wanting to do that. He did have 144 targets, um, which ranked sixth amongst the wide receivers. His problem was he had 14 drops, which led the league. He needs to be more consistent. Right now I have him as a wide receiver three. Again, this is where if you want to project yourself and not just listen to the all the so-called experts, and again, Daniel, start of the day, uh, <laughs> you know, you can go ahead. Well, we all think we're experts, right? Yep, I mean, right. You, you know, even the guys on ESPN and stuff, they're wrong. That's my point. I don't think yeah. there's a problem with saying that. Um, you know, everybody, sometimes you have to just believe in yourself and your own eye. Yeah, I love how you I love how you say Rottlesburger. Um but I, I think I love my dog as much as Ben loves Deontay. And games where Deontay played fully and didn't leave early because of injury, this man averaged ten or more targets in ten of thirteen games. Uh, I think that the identity is changing to more of a run heavy team. Um, so I think he'll need to catch balls at, at more of a deeper level and be more efficient rather than, you know, quick two yard passes or, you know, quick passes out to the side. He's the Steelers' number one wide receiver, Ben's favorite target, as mm-hmm. you said. I I love that situation. Ben Ben still is going to get him the ball. He's great accuracy. Deontay's his favorite target. It's going to be a good year for him. I yes, he Juju and Claypool are you know they're kind of at the same level as far. I watch Steelers every single game. They're at the same level. It's easy to see. Deontay is just one step above them, and I have Juju and Claypool. You know at borderline wide receivers too i'm loving deontay johnson as my wide receiver too yep yeah i I love his talent and i agree he's the receiver on the steelers to own of the three but the problem is it's just a crowded offense so i can see his 144 targets dropping this year um i do think it's four safe he had four top tens uh wide receivers last year um well it he did have six bus games and i think that could actually happen again just because like i said it's a crowded offense. There's a lot of mouths to feed there. That's why I knocked him down a little bit. If he was on almost any other team, high wide receiver two, flirting with low wide receiver one. And I think, you know, six of those games, I don't know if you accounted it, but a couple of games, you know, he played and then did leave early. So I don't know if that was accounted for. That's that's not accounted for. I just look strictly at the numbers. It's probably two, at least two or three. I know there's been a couple games he, he's had to leave early because of injury. So, Maybe that's another thing you got to look at when you're drafting as well. So, um, but we'll go ahead and move on to uh, 21. Our our consensus is Chris Godwin. Uh, Cliff is at 16. I'm at 16. And the two old guys again disrespecting Dan at 25 and Charlie at 26. Godwin was the number two wide receiver overall in 2019. Will he repeat that? No, probably not. <laughs> but out of the four games. Um, he was out four games and he had lingering injuries. So I, I think building, you know, we're we're talking about these quarterbacks coming in and uh, Justin Herbert and you know whoever else that they got to build rapport with their with their uh, new receivers and new quarterbacks. So I think he'll be a more consistent player. Um, but again, have fun because one week it'll be Godwin's week, one week it'll be Evans' week, and then one week it might be AB's week. Yeah, that's what I have, a very loaded offense around him, which is going to cap him. He really needs an injury from Evans or Brown. Don't forget that Brady wanted Brown. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't start off well last year, Brown. But he he at towards the end of the year he was he was getting the ball. So with an ADP of forty right there, I think I'd rather take somebody with an upside. He's capped. He's a solid wide receiver too. I don't really see him getting in the wide receiver one unless there's an injury. 
Yeah, I look at it like same situation as the Steelers. It's yeah. just crowded. Um, he, he only had 84 targets last year. He only averaged seven a game. Antonio Brown, he came in the off, into the offense halfway through. He's going to be a year acclimated. I think he's going to get some targets. Um, I, 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 I Honestly, I'm not a fan of Godwin this year, mostly, like I said, because of the crowded offense. Uh, I probably won't have him on my team because I'm pretty sure he's going to get drafted before I'm willing to take him. I'm not saying I wouldn't take him in the right spot, but, yeah, the, the crowded backfield really turns me off. I do I do agree with the Antonio Brown there, very much alike. So that was the big addition that kind of hurt uh, Godwin. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Godwin could end up – Tom Brady likes to win. He's going to give the man the ball to win him the game. He could end up being the number one. That being said, I guess my only point, since y'all touched on a bunch of it, is I don't know if I'm taking Evans in the third or Godwin. I would much rather have Godwin in, you know, late fourth or fifth round over Evans in That's the third. That's a good point. So That's a good point. Just I because agree you with that. don't yeah. know. Yeah. You get better value with Godwin, yeah. most likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I like that. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on to number 22. Uh, Charlie has him the highest at 18. Did I say the name? You said Thielen, I believe. Did I say Adam Thielen? Adam Thielen. <laughs> Adam Thielen is the number 22. Well, if you didn't, we did that. There you go. You guys know now, uh, Charlie has him the highest at 18. I'm at 22. Cliff is at 23. And Dan is at 29. Uh, so I, I believe he's at a good value right now. Um, 14 touchdowns last year. I, I definitely see that coming down. And the, the only reason I like him so much is because him and Kirk Cousins have such an established relationship so, I mean, I, I think it's, it's safe to say, I don't think he's a high wide receiver too, but I, I think he's a, a low to mid wide receiver too, and, and he'll stick around that 18 to 24 range, in my opinion. All right, well, I, I had him the lowest, and, you know, honestly, I, I, don't, I probably don't have too much to say. I just think it's a run-heavy he- team. Um, I do like his red zone threat, 10 touchdowns last year. I don't think he's duplicating that. He had 14, unless I had that wrong. Well, all right, he had over 10 touchdowns <laughs> last year. Uh, one of us is wrong because I have 10. All right, we'll but, get back uh, to you tomorrow. Well, I have here that he has 30 touchdowns over the last three seasons, so he's averaging 10 touchdowns right, it, Yeah, and then the other part of it is Jefferson. is He's ascending. I think he's just going to take more targets away from, from uh, Thielen. I mean, it's possible he outperforms his ADP, but I think he's, a, he's definitely a risk. And I only like him as a wide receiver three. Obviously, you can tell where I ranked him. Yeah, yeah. I wish I was as you know ballsy as that. I want in my heart, I do want to uh, rate rank him about twenty not you know in that range. I did. Uh, it was hard to put guys above him just because his recent years. But anyways, yeah, I do. I think Jefferson's gonna ascend, and Thielen's touchdowns are gonna go way down. So I forget though. It, touchdowns are what you want in fantasy he did finish as a wide receiver one so you know to me he was incredibly efficient in the red zone catching eight touchdowns on 12 red zone targets so he only missed four times they have a great wow they have a great uh Kirk Cousins looks for him great 
you know, finding him. Like I said, he scored 30 times over the last three seasons. Uh, he did have 14 touchdowns that help him get to the wide receiver one. There is some downside. You do have Justin Jefferson there. He is a risky investment. It, it's going to be very hard to keep up that unprecedented touchdown rate in order to return value. But if you believe that Kirk Cousins is going to look for him, I, I, could, I think he would be either a flex or a safe wide receiver too. Yeah, I, I'm just going to go back to what I said earlier. Six players are going to fall out of the wide receiver one. Six are going to fall out of the wide receiver two. I'm betting on Thielen being one of them. I'm right there with you, baby. Well, I'm not sure right. I like you calling me baby, but thank oh, you. Baby. The disrespect to Thielen. All right, I, I, that's fine. We'll go ahead and move on to 23. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Charlie at 24, Cliff at 22, I'm at 26, and Dan is also at 22. All right, well, I'm there because I really think this is finally the year that Baker Mayfield takes the next step. You know, it took Eli a little time. I think it's Mayfield's time. So I I know the Browns, they're a very, very run-heavy team, and their defense is pretty good, so there may not be some game strips game scripts which is why i have them down at 23 but i think the potential of a breakout of a comeback is pretty high he's going in the very late fifth round to middle sixth round and man if you can get him there i think that could end up being one of the steals of the draft yeah i think he's kind of like talk uh lock it when it comes to that i i see him having a couple huge games two touchdowns 150 yard games then again, I also see, you know, a seven-target game where Baker misses him on three of them, and he has four catches. So I know Dan doesn't think Baker's going to miss a pass this year, but he is. He is. <laughs> and I'm not a Browns fan. <laughs> he is a Browns fan. I do guys. think it is a bounce-back year for him. Well, uh, here comes the Mr. Disagreer here. Um, last year, we, we know week seven, he tore his ACL. And honestly, I, I hate that we're even talking about this guy up here because, in my opinion, he's not draftable. He, he hasn't been good for fantasy in a long time. He's only had three 100-yard games since joining the Browns. Run-heavy team. I think people are drafting him, and you guys are liking him because of his name, Odell Beckham Jr., and what he did in 2001. <laughs> I know this is being recorded. We're going to look back. I know you were kidding about 2001. I was kidding. That's how long ago it was when he was good. So, yeah, we're going to look back on this. We'll have a show at the end of the year on how many times, you know, we were right or wrong because we're very competitive people and we like to do that and we like to look back. I'm going to be here with Matt again also. Uh, Matt stole a lot of my thunder, and it's obvious stuff. They play on a run-oriented team. I can see him getting a lot of big plays the same way Julio might get his. If it is going to be some big plays and he does have a big season, it's going to be going off play action, and he's going to and he's going to get a deep ball to him. They're going to try to come up and stop the run. And I think he, he can have a decent season. I don't even like him at 70. I I, th- I think if he fell into like the eighth round or something like that, I, I I would think about doing it just for some of the upside. Um, I I really think him as a as a wide receiver three. Well, have some big games working off the play action and stuff. Maybe they want to force him to keep him happy, but I don't I don't like him where he is. If he fell a little bit, I would personally like him. And just real quick, I do not think he's gonna fall because, like Matt said, he is a kind of one of those hype beasts. So I do think mm-hmm. he gets drafted early. But keep in mind, Browns are paying him $15 million guaranteed. 
pressure it put or money puts some pressure on you. You want to feed the guys you pay fifteen million dollars. Yeah, true. and I will say I I do think he he's due he's due for a bounce back. But most likely I probably won't have him on my team again. Kind of like Godwin and some yeah. of the others. He's going to get drafted before I'm willing to. That, that's fair, and I, I'm not saying I can't see a good year out of him. I, I just think the odds realistically are against him just because of injuries and the team that he's on. But, yeah, Cliff, money talks, so yep. I, they need to give him the ball, I 100%. I, they need to give him 120 targets and let him go to work, but I, I don't see that happening. And, he, and he's a talker, too. He's going to let the press know when he's not happy. Exactly. So, yeah, there there's some things. I, I, hey, look, really, I don't know how to project Beckham. I really yeah. don't. I can just say what Matt said, that he's on a run-oriented team and he's going to work off the play action, but he – he has the potential to do good. I just don't see. I'm not willing to take him before the eighth round. I agree. Um, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on to the last pick. Chase Claypool, Charlie at 21, Cliff at 21, Dan's at 23, and I'm the lowest at 25. Um, it cool, not cool, but okay stat I found. 22% of Claypool's fantasy points came in one game against the Eagles last year. 22, wow. 22%. Yeah. Um, he did have 11 touchdowns. He was on fire at the beginning of the season, um, but I, I see Johnson's having Deontay Johnson having the majority of the targets. So, I mean, he'll he'll have to be more efficient than anything. He, but he did finish as a top 12 wide receiver four out of his first seven games. So I see the potential there. But again, it's one of these teams that it's going to be. It, it's a lot of a lot of mouths to feed. Why does Cliff get all hyper when we start talking about Steelers <laughs> this players? Man is he wants smirking. to go. He's la- He's smiling. I, I look to my left and I see Cliff just the biggest smile on you his see face. That, that foam coming out of his mouth. and it's nothing special. I mean, I, I do think he. We had a step. Our Steelers had a stale offense last year, and he still managed to score eleven touchdowns. That's a good sign. But Deontay Johnson and Juju, or sorry, Juju and Deontay Johnson finished twenty-two and twenty-three respectively. I think one of that I still think Steelers eke their way into you know two top twenty-four receivers. I just think it's going to be Deontay and Claypool this year. You know, I I look at him. You know, a lot of the same stuff as I said about Deontay. It, the the crowded you know wide receiver room. I mean, the crowded offense. They got Najee there now. I'm just not sure the volume's going to be there. Um, and you look at his uh, ADP. You know, if he if he was, it's a little too high for me. If if he fell another round or so, what I round? would be okay with it. But yeah, that that's basically what's I don't his, have much. To what's what round is yeah. he going in? Fifth, sixth round. I, I like him more in like the seventh round area. Mm-hmm. Probably ain't getting there. Probably not. That's okay. Yeah, I like his big playability. Will lead to some good scoring weeks like we saw last year. He might have finished as wide receiver 19 guys on the year, but it was littered with lackluster performances. Uh, you know, Daniel would probably have the better uh, bust rate there, but I know he had some weeks there where they he did not put up numbers. He even only posted wide receiver no- three numbers 50% of his game, so he wasn't even a, a wide receiver three. So, you know, again, if you're willing to project and, and think the O-line scares me, Claypool's a deep threat. Is, is Ben going to have the time? Uh, with Harris there, um, you know he he's his numbers at season end. He failed to top fifty nine yards in eleven of his sixteen games. So and he's 
a touchdown or bust option most weeks. So he'll get you the big play. Again, that's not saying that you can't project it yourself and, and, and say that he could have a better year. But if you just go off of these numbers and uh, stuff like that, you have to be a little concerned. Yeah, I agree. I like both takes on that. Um, but, guys, I got a couple questions for you, and then we can get out of here. Um, who do you think is most likely to bust out of this top, this 13 to 24 range? Well, I could see Claypool or Godwin, but I'm going to go with Thielen um, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. I don't really have to go much into yeah. it. The run-heavy offense, Justin Jefferson ascending. I just definitely see Thielen. Yeah, just because of the touchdowns that Thielen got last year and what he did off of that, um, you got to wonder if there's a regression. He, he hasn't had a regression in three years, but if anybody's volatile, it's him out of this group. Uh, you know who I'm gonna I'm gonna go Odell, not on my draft board. I'm a, mine's between DJ Moore. Surprisingly, I have Oof. I have zero faith in Donald. I really do. I think Christian's gonna soak it up. But and then my other one would probably be Claypool, just based on volume. Donald, Donald the Duck. Yeah, Donald the Duck, <laughs> Darnold the Duck, whatever. Okay. It's called. <laughs> I like it. Um, who do you guys? Who in this consensus is not in our top twenty-four? Charlie, let it out, baby. I can't even read the words right now. Who's not in the top twenty-four? Who should be? Let Charlie take that since he's laughing so hard. I don't know if he can even speak right now. Uh, Who's who's that we don't have in here? Yeah, who do you think should should be able to sneak? All right, I'll go while he's thinking about it. I'm extremely disappointed in all of you guys. You texted us multiple for not getting T. Higgins into this list. I had him at twenty-one. Huge, huge upside. Going back to Matt's thought of the day, yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was, he's a lot, he's going in between the fourth and eighth round. He's in his second year. They just 86% hit rate. T. Higgins is hitting this year. I, they're saying that Jamar Chase is having trouble in the training camp. I think that everything is just falling into place for him. His arrow is pointing straight, straight up. And I think he's a safe wide, very safe wide receiver, too, with high potential. I'm not going to call the wide receiver one, but man, I'm not going to be surprised if it is. The only thing, I, the only thing is those three receiver stats that are going against it. Right, as right. Far as, you know, one of them only finishing top thirty, whatever the stat was yesterday. If you didn't hear it, listen to the yesterday's episode because it's very, very important. Um, that's the only thing I never seen. I don't know if there was the second year receivers and then plus the three receivers. So you had drafted. two conflicting right. two, but, yeah, I mean, stats. Yeah. Two this year yeah. as well, so I guess we'll yeah. see. What so, I mean, I, I will say I, I would like to have two wide receivers on my team and then have him and go for the home run. Yeah. I want him to be my home run guy. If he doesn't work out, I still got two two good wide receivers. I believe he's going to work out, though. Okay. My guy is going to be kind of the opposite of, I guess, Higgins. Mine's going to be a safe number two but I don't think he can reach number one uh, status, and that's Galladay, number one wide receiver on the Giants. They're perfect situation. Doesn't have, you know, I guess, Shepard or things like that, but he doesn't have a ton of competition. He's going to get targets. They're going to be down. Yeah. They're going to feed him the ball. I think Daniel Jones will do just fine. He's better than Donald or Darnold. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, mine's Galladay. I think it's a safe number two. I like that. I like yeah. that, pick. Well, I Cliff, I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go ahead and go because mine's Galladay too. If he can stay healthy, they paid him 
90-something million dollars for four years. So they're going to give him the ball. It's just a matter of fact. I know he has a, a hamstring problem. If he can stay healthy, it, I easily tw- top 24, no questions asked. Well, I'm going to hang on the limb a lot more than you guys. I like Mike Williams this year with the wow. Chargers. If he that is going out on the limb. He's number 46 right now. Um, hey, we're talking about somebody that you think can really. Maybe he doesn't get into the top twenty-four, but he he's gonna he's gonna surprise people this Six year. Six new players will. Um, and if 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 what the coaching staff he's taking over the Michael Thomas role, he's a big wide receiver. If you know, he might not get a lot of yards. I I, I you could see a hundred catches, maybe you know eight touchdowns, and that that would fall somewhere pretty good for somebody as a wide receiver three. Yeah, and you know, I'm not saying he gets wide receiver too, but I'm just putting it out there that I like Mike Williams this year. The the tenth round, ninth round, I I've done a couple mock drafts, and I've seemed to be getting Mike Williams every single time, just because I love him down there. Because I, I see the upside, and he's the number two for Justin Herbert. So, uh, sorry, I, sorry, I know we're running short on time, but we haven't talked about one guy because of his injury, and I I bet some people have big questions about him. What do y'all think about Michael Thomas this year? I'm out on him. Out. I'm not drafting well, him. Well, when we did our mock, he went in the fifth round. Right. So where does it come to the point? Like, what round do you see? You're like, oh, I mean. I mean, it would have to be down. No, it would, for mean, me, it would be post-tenth round. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's ten or less because you're, you're not going to have him for seven or eight games. You, what you would have to do is you'd have to come out of the gate five and two and have him on your bench. And, and, and then, who and knows if he's going to be the same. Uh, coaching staff had to talk to him. Doesn't sound like he wants to be there, um, you know. So for me, if if it's not the tenth round or something, let that other guy. I mean, if he's going in the fifth round, good luck. Yeah. I'm not having somebody in the fifth round sitting on my bench for seven, eight games. Good question, Cliff. I I, I see myself around like the eighth round. I think that's when it gets super tempting because seventh round, I still like some receivers in there that I probably need for depth, but. The eighth round, that, that gets interesting to me. Yeah, don't let me get a couple wide receivers on my team and fill out my team and still see him on the board. That Him and Deshaun Watson will be my two guys. I'm going I'm to take a chance on. Yeah, if you get off to a good start and then you're able to plug Michael Thomas in, yeah. and, you know, you'll you'll be in good shape. I'm not, you know, we all know he's a great player. So It's just, yeah, there's in, – in the I know, again, we got to go, but between the fourth and, you know, seventh round, I think there's so much value in there that it's – it's almost not worth it. Those are, the, those are the rounds. I said it before. Those are the rounds where you win the championship. And that's a good point by Matt. Well, you know, I'd have to look. When, when You know, obviously you're going to be looking at your sheet, and it depends on good point by Matt. Who's yeah. there? Who's mm-hmm. really there? But me, I can't see me touching them before the 10th round. All right. So, cool. I mean, yeah, it, it depends on your league. Who knows? Maybe let that guy take him in the 7th, 6th. If not, and you see value, take him, snag him. Um, but, guys, last question who do you think has the highest ceiling out of this group? Who do you think can go nuclear and can just swoop in to that top eight or just top 12 out of this group? Robert Woods, baby. If he gets those touchdowns figured out, he's going to have 1,000 yards, 100 receptions. I'm ready for it. He's going to be top 12. Do I have to pick someone that was on our 13-24? Oh, I mean, I mean, because I want to pick T. Higgins. Okay, you already picked him to sneak <laughs> in there. But out of this group, though, who do you think can just go absolute berserk? I think he has the highest ceiling. Out of people. this group? I do. From Allen Robinson down to... Yeah, because Allen Robinson, he's already at 13. How much higher is he, you know? Right. I'm talking about someone that's just going to skyrocket from where we got him at. Well, 
I'll go DJ Moore. I think he has very high ceiling if he gets his touchdowns. Because I think he'll get yards and catches, but he needs touchdowns. So if that happens, I can see him up there in wide receiver one. Yeah, looking at the list, I was actually going to go more. I kind of don't like that Terrence Marshall's there. I like Terrence Marshall this year. And then you have Robbie Anderson there. It's one of those things where, and you don't know about Darnold, it's one of those things where really they have a lot of weapons. So um, for for me, I would I would probably go Woods here because I said it in the beginning of the show I can see him going in the top eight so I guess I would have to stick with that and I still do if I wanted to really just pick somebody different I would agree with Daniel T Higgins yes and you just got the over on the Daniel that was number seven (laughs) so if you put in a prop bet there it is cash out baby all right do you guys have any closing notes anything like that all right. Well, again, guys, if you love the content and we're giving you some knowledge and you love the show and maybe you just love Daniel being called Daniel um, and you haven't already subscribed, do that, share that, review it for the boys. Um, and thank you, guys and ladies, for tuning in and listening to the Fantasy, the Die Hard Fantasy Podcast. Tune in for a Friday show where we're doing the top 12 quarterbacks. Blow us up, baby. See ya. Peace.